about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. of the Lord. You must apply diligence and perseverance to have an ear to hear. We all know we have these things on the side of our head and we can hear with them hopefully. But if you and I to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, what He is saying and what He will reveal to us. That's what we're looking for in this section of studies that we're doing on kingdom and God finances and in specifically miracle money. And we'll look at many scriptures again this evening as, as, as well. As I mentioned before, you will receive a copy of the handouts this evening when we're done the class. <clears throat> Pastor Ben, would you like to open in prayer for us, please? Heavenly Father, we praise you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. Yes, Lord. We thank you for bringing us here safely, Father God. Let us our, let our ears come open as your holy word is brought forth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We welcome the Holy Spirit. If we had to do it on our own, we may be able to do something. But it may, may not be what the Spirit of God wanted to happen this evening, the way he wanted it to flow. <clears throat> okay, so this is our session two in Kingdom of God Finances, Miracle Money. And you'll see why we refer to it that way. Uh, let's start this evening by going to Psalm 103. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Psalm 103, we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 22. Psalm 103, 19 to 22. Start with verse 19. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. All is an all-inclusive word, is it not? And so his kingdom absolutely rules over all others. <clears throat> Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Does God's word have a voice? Absolutely it does. Just like I was saying, some of you, when you're taking some notes this evening, you may hear something, you may see something, it'll be on, given on the inside of you, and it's specifically for you, and that's the Spirit of God reaching each and every one of us. I mean, he knows our zip code, our DNA, our cell phone number. I think he even knows your social security number. But we'll tell the government about that. They'll get a little spooky on it. So, 
Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all his host, ye minister, ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all the places of his dominion, which is everywhere. God gave you and I dominion, did he not? In the book of Genesis, absolutely. That's his will and plan. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So we see the angels mentioned in this passage. It will seem in more than one passage. But the angels can be in our involved in our lives. In the sessions that we're looking at now, we're talking about kingdom of God, finances, and miracle money. We're going to see references in the scripture that deal with this. And not just the money, but other ways the angels intercede and intervene in our lives. <clears throat> okay, now let's go to 1 Corinthians. That sort of makes us think that there might be a second one, but in this case, we want the first one. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. Now we have received, received, I'll give you this, Greek 2983, L-A-M-B-A-N-O. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, we had the spirit of the world one time, didn't we? When we was walking out there in darkness and everything else, we, but we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God is very desirous to freely give us things. As I've said before, you cannot bankrupt God. I don't care how big your vision is, and there's some ministries in this country and other ministries around the world that have enormous outreaches and works and facilities and all, I mean, into the multi-millions of dollars, but they didn't bankrupt God. <clears throat> Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And that's what you and I want to be able to see and hear, that which the Holy Ghost is teaching. And I suggest he'll be teaching each and every one of us in here tonight. Now, we'll have, by our notes and by my speech and sharing or whatever, some things going on there also. But again, to get you with the mindset that the spirit of the living God is inside of you. 
and he can quicken you on whatever subject we're ministering on, whatever subject Pastor Tom ministers on. The Spirit of God can take things and show you things in there. And many times, even in the reading of his word, when Pastor Tom tells us to go to a location, in the, in the scripture we'll look it up, and you start reading, you look, and boom, all of a sudden you see something there. I mean, it was there earlier that morning, 150 years ago. It'll be there 150 years from now. But Holy Ghost is our teacher. Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Uh, but the natural man, <clears throat> I don't think we get any of those in here this evening, do we? Okay. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, him or her. Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Seeing the natural man doesn't have his spirit quickened and alive with the Spirit of God, then he's not able to receive these things. He's not able to perceive and see them. But you and I can. You and I can, and you and I will. Again, why we're doing these sessions and stuff, and why we're looking at all these references. The Spirit of God uses that. That's what he works with. Now let me read this section to you. In our first session, I said, these classes will be different. I suggest you remind yourself of that. I made that declaration in the beginning because I felt that's what the Spirit of God wanted us to do. These are not just another class on Kingdom of God finances. They are sessions on Kingdom of God finances and how miracle money ties in with that. But don't allow, us, don't allow ourselves to restrict ourselves. Well, I've heard that before. I pretty much understand that. Well, I'm sure you may understand part of it, and you should, because we have been ministering on it for a while. <clears throat> in this first session, I said these classes will be different. Remind yourself of that. Angels minister for us. We'll see that on more than one occasion this evening as we go on, but you and I should have allowed that to come into our beings, in our spirit, in our understanding. <clears throat> Angels minister for us. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Hebrews, book of Hebrews. The very first chapter of Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. We'll read the references first. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not 
all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Are you an heir of salvation? You absolutely are. Heir, H-E-I-R, might mean what? What do you think that might mean? Okay, good answer. <clears throat> How about finding the word heir, H-E-I-R, in this word, inheritance? Inheritance. Hopefully, not hopefully that someone passes away and left you in their inheritance, but seeing they are gone and don't need a denaro up there anymore, and they left you an inheritance, that's a blessing to you. Well, this verse said what? Last verse. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? That's you and I. And it is an inheritance that's provided for us as well. <clears throat> but notice how they keep using the word ministering spirits. Well, the angels are spirit beings, but part of their intent and design when God made them and ordained them and what they function in is to minister. Just like a pastor, a preacher, whatever office they're in, they come to minister something from the kingdom of God and the word of God to you and I. Angels are there to minister for us. And again, we'll see it. That's why we use scriptural references, not just something we think that might sound good or fit in, but we'll see what the Word of God says about that. But angels can and do minister for you. The more you have an expectation and understanding, the more that you accept the Word of God mentioning them and accept them into your life, the more we'll be able to see them ministering to us. And in this context, in the area of finances, they, they are well capable to do much more than just walk around handing money out in finances. That's not their only function for sure. No place does it say that. But they are ministering spirits for us who are heirs of salvation. <clears throat> this is how miracle money can come to you by having angels minister to us. Choose to have an expectation and confidence in God's word. Have the expectation and confidence in God's word. Because we're reading the word of God that teaches and shows us these references, these scriptures, and what they're meaning. Mary, would you like a larger piece of paper? <laughs> no. You sure? Yeah. Okay, well, we might have to send an angel back there to that podium and get you some bigger paper here. Well, okay. All right, moving right along. You can turn to the book of Colossians. I believe that's still in the New Testament. And you can go to chapter 1 in that book. And when we start reading, we will read from Colossians 1, verses 16 to 18. But I want to make a couple comments first. For all those that may wonder what's in this jug, <laughs> it's good stuff. So.
All right, have I got myself in the right place here? There are two worlds. The natural world, terra firma, and the spiritual world. You and I interface both. The natural and the spiritual worlds. The visible and the invisible. Here on planet Earth, we're in a visible world. I can see you, you can see me, we can see what's going on unless it's too dark out there or whatever. So there's two worlds, a natural world, a spiritual world, a visible world, and the invisible world. Just like how many in the last day, week, month, we might even be able to bump it up to year, have seen an angel? Just because we haven't seen them absolutely does not mean that they're not around. Especially the angels that's assigned to you and me. <clears throat> the invisible supernatural. I'm going to tie those together. The invisible supernatural world controls the visible natural world. The invisible supernatural world controls the visible natural world. And that would happen through you and I and the angelic beings. Our faith in our confession is involved in that. Just like in the visible natural world where we're at, they may be talking about a hurricane coming. Well, you can begin to do something about that, can you not? And we have done things like that. Our faith in our confession will be involved in putting a hold on that. And also the angels can be involved in that as well. Turn that baby right out to sea or whatever. But again, there's the natural and the supernatural. The visible and the invisible. And they're both there and you and I can operate in and through them. The Spirit of God can show us how to do that. Jesus did that. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Peter. First Peter chapter 1 going to be verses 3 and 4. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You understand that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, we wouldn't be being born again. But absolutely the plan and purpose of God, the dominion of God, 
overrode those situations, and Jesus did rise from the dead after he gave his life for us. <clears throat> Verse 4. Where am I at here? Verse 4. Yeah, I know, but I... No, I'm okay. I'm okay. To an inheritance, an inheritance, because you're an heir, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. There is, inher in, there is an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. Now what happens when you make a reservation? On an airplane, on a hotel, on a cruise line, whatever it is, you contact them ahead and you want to make a reservation. You want to go on their ship, their boat, their plane, stay in their hotel or something. And so you're making a reservation. You expect that reservation to be there when you get there. Well, <clears throat> you can be assured that your, re your reservation for heaven is going to be there when you get there. There'll be no mix-ups. There'll be no computer glitches. Well, we overbooked or something or whatever, so no. Your inheritance will be there. Nobody's been dipping into it. And everything that God has planned for your life and my life, when we leave this natural world and go to the supernatural world, heaven, <clears throat> they will be there. So an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. So we talk about that, we read these verses, but again, you and I need to have an expectation. There's that word again. Expectation, anticipation, to have confidence in God's word, what he says. These, these are not just idle words, they're certainly not empty words, they're descriptive words that God gives us. An inheritance reserved in heaven for you have an expectation of that. <clears throat> have an expectation of receiving from that inheritance. Well, how do you think that might happen? Well, let's go to the next reference. Who can tell me what the next reference is? I bet you can when we pass out the notes later. If you can read English, you'll be able to, so... Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. That will be a good book to go to. The book of Acts. And look, we're going to be going through Acts chapter 12. And we're going to be reading from verses 6 through 17. Okay, Acts 12. This is a descriptive one for us. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 17. Uh, how many in your Bibles or your device has a heading for these sections of scriptures? Doesn't have to be, but in mind in this ESOD program, the heading is 
Peter is rescued. Praise God for that. You've probably been rescued one time or another. I tell you what, if we, if we have a minute or two towards the end, I'll tell you over time that I was rescued from a bad situation. And believe me, I was not born again at that time. So. <clears throat> All right, so let's see what's going on in Peter's life here. Acts chapter 12, and we're going to read from verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. So they had the guards on Peter this night. And behold, a kangaroo, a whatever. How about an angelos? That's the Greek word, angel. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Now, are we reading a fable here? Are we just reading a story? Or do you have any expectation that this is the truth, this is the word of God, this is what exactly happened? It was miraculous intervention. And part of that intervention and release and safety was because angels, who the scripture told us earlier, they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. And the angel said unto him, hey, this angel can speak English or whatever they were speaking. You think an angel can converse in any language? I wouldn't doubt it. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Well, if I was Peter, I'd be saying, right behind you. <laughs> You're not going to get much ahead of me. Right behind your footsteps. I'm following you. <clears throat> and he went out and followed him. And wist not or knew not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Because, I mean, he's bound in jail with gods all around him gates locked and everything else. We ain't got to the gates yet. But all of a sudden, he says, up, let's go. Put your sandals on, put your girdle on, let's go. And so he's thinking, man, am I doing a vision or what? Verse 10. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came upon the iron gate that leadeth unto the city. Now listen to this one which opened to them of his own accord. Now, he didn't even have a clicker, you know, on the visor on the dashboard someplace. No. No electronics working here. The gate opened of its own accord. Now, how in the world? You can ask the angel when you get there. He may open one down here before you. I don't know. But 
When they passed the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. <laughs> I'm out of him, he says. I'm, I'm out of the jail. I've been busted out. But the angel's taken off. <clears throat> Peter fortunately knows what to do here. When I say fortunately, guided by the Holy Spirit. If his mind was clouded because of all these things taking place, it would have came to him what he had to do. <clears throat> Whoops. I hit the right place. There we go. The angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. He clearly understands this now. <clears throat> And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They didn't like the idea of him being held in their prison and all. And so they've been praying for him. But we'll see some interesting, thing, interesting things here as well. Verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. <laughs> you can imagine her getting so excited. She said, forget Peter. I'm going in and telling Peter's here, so. But we'll see they had a little bit, even though they gathered together praying for however long they were there doing that for Peter to get out, their response is a little different than we might think. <clears throat> she told how Peter stood before the gate, and they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. An angel's been involved in this whole thing, but notice at this point in time that they're having the idea of angels being involved. Or else why would they say that? <clears throat> they said it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Well, I guess you and I would be also. Because you don't easily break out of these jails with all the guards that are around him and the gates and everything else. You don't just automatically get out. But there he is right in front of them. <clears throat> but he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace... In other words, don't make too much noise. I don't want anybody coming up behind me and getting me now, taking me back there. 
to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. So this is absolutely a, a story scripture references in the Bible how Peter was in prison. Herod there had him there with guards all around him and all. But the angel came, ministered unto him, and got him out of there. So much so when he went to the, the group of people he was with and about, they had a hard time believing it. <clears throat> and they could see why. But again, that is angelic visitation on planet Earth. You and I live on planet Earth. You and I are born again into the kingdom of God. We are heirs of God. And angels absolutely can and will minister for you and I. Now I would suggest, uh, I want to say this. I would say time frame, but that could be a little bit mis misleading. But it has got something to do with time frame, I think. I think in the days and the times and the things that we're living in right now and what's going on, we're going to need angelic visitation and help. And I believe some of it in the context that we're looking at having to do with finances is going to be very important. Because who knows what this government might try to do with money? Believe me, they're already working at some things. <clears throat> but you and I should not have to worry about that. You and I should not have to worry about that. If we believe God, if we honor God with the first fruits of all our increase, if we adhere to the word of God and his principles, if we sow seed, we will reap, the scripture says. And so we will see angelic visitation in the area of our finances as well. All right, so that was X. Let's get on to Matthew. Now this one is really going to be I'll just say familiar one. It certainly should be familiar to all of us in here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. <clears throat> But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, if all we did was read that verse, we might be saying, oh, what things? Well, good question. <clears throat> Look from verse 27. We'll scoot down through several of them here. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit under his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toll not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. Let me bring that word up. We've certainly used it and ministered on before. That word thought 
means to be anxious about, to be troubled with cares, to take a thought. So it's one thing we want to take a thought when the Spirit of God is showing and teaching us something. But thought having to do with fairy wear, worry, fear, unbelief, and wondering, that's totally different. That's something the adversary would bring to you. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now that's a pretty good list of things in it. You need something to eat, and you need something to drink, and you need something to wear. He says, you don't need to worry about those things. For your heavenly Father knoweth you have need of all these things. But seek ye first, first in line, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So something to eat, something to drink, and something to wear. This is in red, is it not, which means Jesus talking. Do you think he's capable of providing our food, drink, and clothes for everybody in here? Well, that's an easy one. How about everybody on the planet? Now, everybody on the planet is not necessarily in line in th with that until they come into the kingdom of God, until they accept Jesus, their Savior, and born again into the kingdom of God. Then they're in line for everything that they need. And so, again, I say, let's give some of our expectation to what this is telling us. It's clearly telling us, if you ask me, what you eat, what you drink, and what you wear... He said, I'll be taken care of. Yes, quite. Must have liked what I was saying. I don't know. So, <clears throat> All right, let's go down another one here. You can stay in the gospel according to Matthew, but now go to the 17th chapter. Matthew 17. And we're going to begin to read in 24. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 17, beginning to read from verse 24. Another good one, I might add, as we'll see. Okay, let's just read the references first. Matthew 17, 24, And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money, or tax money, came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And Peter's thinking, hubba, 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 what shall I say? <clears throat> but he said, Yes. And when he was come into the house, notice these next words, Jesus prevented him. In other words, you know Peter was going there and wanted to talk to Jesus about this subject. But he just got asked about it by the authorities. But Jesus sort of upped the ante a little bit. He prevented him saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, of strangers. Jesus saith unto Peter, then are the children free. Here comes divine intervention in the next verse. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, 
Go thou to the sea and cast an hook. Not a bunch of them, not a ton of them. Cast an hook. And take up the fish that first cometh up. How did he know there was even going to be a fish coming up? Well, that would be because his name is Jesus. And he operates in the visible and the invisible and the supernatural, which you and I are to operate in. He went, take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. What are the chances of that? Well, fortunately, we're not using chances here. This is not a lottery ticket. This is the kingdom of God, an absolute demonstration of it. Thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. That's how we solve that situation. That take and give unto them for me and thee. That word take. What do you suppose that word is? Come here. <laughs> Absolutely. It's throughout the New Testament. It means to take and get a hold of. Somebody can offer you something. Now, if you offered me a nice, I don't know if I could put the word nice in there, but if you offered me a, uh, what's the word, a liver dinner, liver and onions, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. you and I, we're going to I'm sure some people like it. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say, give me some more of that sucker. Now, other things, I'd be right there with you. But. Lambano means to take and get a hold of. So this is, I guess I don't really like even using the word story. This is a story in the Bible, but it's certainly not just the story. This is a declaration. This is a decree that the Spirit of God had caused to be in the written Word of God. And this is something that absolutely acts, actually happened. And I'm saying to you and I, we can develop an expectation in the kingdom of God of the miraculous. We will be much better off with it. Well, it makes you think you'll, you'll be better off with it. Because you will certainly be boosted in faith, you'll certainly have more confidence and expectation in the Word of God, and you'll be enabled to help others with that which you just got, if it was in the financial realm or not. But many times, it can be in the financial realm. I mean, this right here, was this not in the financial realm? Well, where did the finances come from? Well, they says, uh, is your master going to pay tribute? Peter says, hubba, hubba, hubba. Then we get some money and pay the taxes. And so... Look, look how it all came about. You notice Jesus didn't get flustered. You and I might get flustered in that situation. In fact, we probably have some kind of tax bill for something coming due this year. But we can trust God. We can trust God. We just, we just read the verse before, Matthew 6, 33. And all these things shall be added unto you. Again, I say to all of us, begin to develop an expectation and confidence in the word of God of what it says in the area of money and finances in our life. And you will be surprised. I will expect, I absolutely will expect 
to hear some testimonies before these five sessions are up, how the Spirit of God is already doing something in some lives here. Absolutely. He's got no reason. Ah, we've got to put this off for a few months. Don't know if I can handle it. He can handle it. question is, can we handle it? <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 8 through 12, beginning to read in 8, it says this again, notice this in red. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men... Him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. You say, what is that in there for? Well, let's read it again. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. You suppose the angels... Listen to Jesus when he speaks? Absolutely. Do you suppose that you and I, as we develop expectation and confidence in the word of God, that you can give a decree to angels and it'll come to pass? We absolutely can. We'll see that in, in more occasions as we go through. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, well, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. We need to be very discreet in our speech anyhow, but don't ever go speaking against the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does everything for you and I. He's in you. He absolutely is. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Now, do you think that one's true? It's here in red and it's true, but that means this time you don't know what to say. You may be in a situation. You may want to be careful of what you're saying. You may be in trouble. You need some help. Well, I don't know what I should say here. I don't want to incriminate myself or whatever. But what does this verse say? For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. And I can tell you, he absolutely can and will do that. You'll have, as we were saying, you'll have a thought come to you. That's all it is, a thought. Now, you can take it or leave it. But you definitely want to take it. You want to take it and get a hold of it. 
Holy Spirit can absolutely, you know, he teaches us, he can show us what to say. <clears throat> Jesus will confess us before the angels of God. <clears throat> Get your thoughts from the inside, meaning your inner man, your spirit man. There's thoughts that fly all around this world. Many of them no good whatsoever as far as you and I living in the kingdom of God. But with the Holy Spirit inside of us, and is that where he is? He absolutely is. He will give you thoughts. It can come up in you. You wouldn't have been expecting it, just like the few verses we read earlier there. But he absolutely can give you thoughts. So we need to be getting our thoughts from the inside of us, from our inner man, from our spirit man. You can pray in the spirit about that and ask the spirit of God, I need help in this area or whatever. And all of a sudden there'll be a thought. Now you weren't thinking of that thought before because you didn't have that thought. But you wanted help and so you ask. Well, inner thoughts from our spirit man. Decree. Decree what you want and desire. Now, in the, there's certainly many cases where decree can be like in a legal situation or whatever, but a decree can be something going forth, put forth. A decree is something you and I can do. And we'll see more of this as we go along. But it's saying, decree what you want and desire with your words. Your words. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Words. Decree what you want and desire with your words. And a decree can be like an ordinance or a law or whatever. But a decree meaning us decreeing something going forth. Decree from your inner man. When we were just talking about where we're going to get our thoughts from. Decree from your inner man because you and I have the image of a king in us. Didn't it say in Genesis, he makes us in his image and likeness? Well, we have an image in us. You have the image of a king inside you. And a king makes decrees. And if a king makes a decree, it's going to go forward. The devil is trying to talk you and I out of our image. So let's go look at that one. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Come on. Genesis 1. The devil is trying to talk us out of our image. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. And God said, notice he just didn't think about it. He may have thought about it, but he's saying something. He's decreeing something. 
And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the what? Jesus just got done doing that, didn't he? Cast and hook. Take the first fish that comes out and he's going to have a coin in his mouth. Well, he was decreeing what he wanted to come to pass. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You and I are made in the image of Almighty God. And that's the image that we want to develop in us. Because the more we understand and believe about this image, the more we're going to be enabled to make a decree and see it come to pass. Imitate your father in heaven. Now, sometimes a child may try to imitate their mother or father, whatever the case may be, depending on their age. Well, that's what they know. But we are to imitate our heavenly father. To follow as a pattern or an example. Now, not just in parents, but siblings, many different things. There could be a good example. There could be a bad example. So we're going to imitate our Father in heaven. That would be a good example, without question. Do not allow fear into your life. Now, that goes for all of us. Do not allow fear in your life. The adversary is going to try and come with it because he has much success in that area because fear is involved. Intimidation is involved. But Scripture tells us greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And so we are the ones that are going to have to deal with that fear. When fear comes to us, when we're worried about this or that or whatever, then we have to call upon the name of the Lord. That's what, he'll wa- that's what he wants us to do because then he's enabled and he can help us. But if we just sit there and worry and don't look into the Word of God, don't pray in the Holy Ghost, don't read the Word, well, then it's going to increase in its severity because he's trying to do a whammy on you, so to speak. So. But we give no place to the devil. It's, what, it's something that's charged with us, available to us from the New Testament. Thank you.